You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. For this episode, we'll be talking about ACDC, Highway to Hell. On the line, I have Rob. Ben. There ought to be a law. And Kyle. High Voltage. (laughs) Highway to Hell is the sixth studio album by Australia hard rock band ACDC, released on the 27th of July, 1979. The producer was Robert John Mutt Lang. And the genre in my, we trust. And the genre is hard rock, blues rock, and rock and roll. And I'm gonna read from the book Claire Stutzberry. While ACDC's music could be criticized for its technical simplicity, to this day they remain one of the most influential in rock and roll. Their rough, ballsy style epitomizes the very essence of rock, combined with blues influences, chord structures, and a perfect balance of power and restraint in equal measures, few heavy rock fans can resist their basic working-class appeal. Based around the strong guitar riffs of brothers Malcolm and Angus Young, uh, simplistic drumming riffs, and the tough vocal stylings of Bon Scott, ACDC's music is infectious. Although the band had moderate success throughout the 70s, Highway to Hell is heralded as their breakthrough. Recorded at Roundhouse Studios in London, producer Mutt Lang manages to control their brute force with eloquence. Highway to Hell, whilst being their first release to achieve platinum status, also became Scott's swan song following his death in 1980. Living up to its title, the album serves as a celebration of sin. Lyrically, it is an ode to sex. Such songs such as Girls Got Rhythm and Touch Too Much being particularly frank about the topic. However, the title track, and if you want blood, moves slightly off the subject. Similarly, Walk All Over You and Night Prowler ease the pace slightly, providing an element of space within the 10 tracks. It is not often that every track on an album could stand up as a single, but ACDC have come pretty close with Highway to Hell. All right, what do we think of ACDC? Highway to Hell. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm waiting a long time to talk about this record. I'm so happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Highway to Hell is a hell of a good album. I only know where to start. Seriously, that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at right now, too. ACDC, in general, is probably in my 
top 10 favorite bands. I do not care at all that they have released the same album for 45 years. It's like you go to the same diner and they make your burger the same way, just the way you like it. That's kind of how (laughs) I feel about ACDC. I think that they are so pure. I think that ACDC is not a rock and roll band. ACDC is rock and roll. And this is one of their best albums. Uh, I wish we were covering more of them, but I think this is a, a, a great place to start with ACDC. For sure. And it's also a, this is our first uh, intro to Mutt Lang, guys. We have not yeah. had any of his uh, produced works thus far, and he is very important in, uh, in, in, in from here on and into the future for, uh, mm-hmm. for production. And we'll talk about that way later. Did Mutt Lang marry Shania Twain? Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> I, wait, you, you didn't know that? My head. You know it? That's a very weird thing to have in your brain, bud. <laughs> it's pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Mutt real quick. So they were having problems uh, in the studio. They went down to uh, Florida to record with Michael or uh, sorry, um, while you look up that name, Birch, they were having problems before that because Atlantic was pressuring them to not use the producer that they'd used for the five albums before this, their brother, George. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they thought that was insulting because... I would, too. I, I, I've got all those albums. It's not like they're shit. They, like, Mutt Lang is great, but it's not like they're, they're, they're bad rock and roll production. I learned a few things about uh, George Young, uh, Malcolm and Angus's older brother, George, uh, this week. So he was in a band in the 60s called the Easy Beats, who have a song that most people know, uh, Friday on My Mind. Uh, They're a big Australian garage rock band and a band that I'm actually pretty into. And I did not realize that the guitar player for the Easy Beats is the older brother of Malcolm and Angus Young. So they kind of just came up with that their their older brothers already in rock and roll band already doing the shit and wow they came right into it and and then he's producing their records and then atlanta atlantic is like no more of that uh yeah so they said they set acdc up they signed acdc to atlantic they set him up with eddie kramer who's obviously a pioneer for Jimi hendrix led zeppelin kiss um eric clapton i mean you name it he's 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 a Hall of Fame producer. However, they're clashing because they're just not getting along. I mean, they said things like uh, Bon Scott got a phone call and they're in Florida recording. And he says, this guy's hopeless. He's like, do something. He's trying to talk us into recording a Spencer Davis song. Give me some loving. It's like, (laughs) there's no way we're going to work with this guy. So what they do is on their day off, they say they're not going to come in on Saturday. They come in on Saturday. Their producer is is not there. Eddie Kramer is not there. They record five or six songs. They send the demo tapes that to Mutt Lang and say, "Will you record us?" And Mutt Lang agrees, and so they fly over to London and start recording there. Yeah, they fire Kramer, and they also fire their current manager. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> clean house. <laughs> oh yeah, for the better. Yeah, I mean, absolutely for the better. From what I could tell, uh, you know, doing some background on this, it, it it sounded like Mutt was there to make them the best they could possibly be. He even no, we said, put them through their paces, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
singing backing vocals. Yeah. But he had to stand on the other side of the room because he's a classically trained vocalist and his voice was so distinctive that for the gang vocals, they just had to put him like way far away from the <laughs> microphones. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, he's he literally has Angus Young sitting next to him at the booth doing the guitar solos and must just like, all right, so stop there. And it's like, now finger this fret and do this. And basically dictating the solo for Highway to Hell to him. And it, and it works out perfectly. Like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's just like, that good. He's pointing at the neck of the guitar where, where, where Angus should take the solo next. And he's just kind of like <laughs> just steering, steering the solo around. And it's perfect. It's great. You know? And, oh, the, and the fucking record sounds great. It, it sounds really, really good. It does. It does sound very good. Yeah. I, I always find a fascination with the two guitars in Marshall half stacks. And that's what a Marshall half stack sounds like. There's no effects. There's nothing extra on it. Um, I mean, it's a big joke kind of in the guitar world where it's like, do you want to sound like ACDC? <laughs> Get a Gibson, a humbucker SG, SG yeah. and plug it into a Marshall half stack and that's it. That's their sound, which sounds great. I mean, there's no denying that, but it's just amazing that they they continue to do that to this day. Simplicity is one of ACDC's greatest strengths. Yeah. Like the the, the ACDC mystique is it's it's just like it's like power plus minimalism, you know? Like and and they don't really fuck with that formula and they have cracked the code on on that and they just are that and power plus minimalism is most of what you need to be an ideal rock band in my book it's interesting because i i feel like acdc is a very i don't want to say controversial band but a lot of people hate acdc a lot of people are lame kyle <laughs> it's true though i mean you, you say hey they've they've put out the same record for the past 45 years like you just said and some people will it'll be like they're a joke but you know People said the same thing about the Ramones. Like, <laughs> and who's uh, laughing now? I, uh, you know, when I was looking into this record, all right, we're listening to Touch Too Much. Yeah. So they only sort of played this once live. Do you guys know this story? No, 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 man. Tell me. Uh, they only played this once live. It was for uh, like Top of the Pops. So they're not really playing. They're kind of like lip syncing and and you know pantomiming. Yeah. Um, few days later, uh, Bon Scott dies. 2016 they've never played this song ever live 2016 um they need to replace uh their singer and they pick up axel rose mm -hmm. and he auditions with touch too much did, did brian johnson have like a like a throat thing going on yeah he had to take some time off yeah. and uh, they auditioned axel rose and he came in with uh he's like i want to sing touch too much and they're like we have no idea how to play that you know <laughs> it's but, three chords. They can figure it out. <laughs> you can Google it. It's not bad. Have you guys seen Axl Rose like front ACD? It's not bad. I, I've not, but I would love to see that. Axel's that a sound, good front. That man. sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. He does an okay job. Uh, yeah, I love this record. I loved uh, the mythology of this band and this record. I loved reading about their. Did you guys read about that festival they played in '78? Uh, Day of the Green Festival. No, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, uh, basically, like, they played with, like, Van Halen, and they played with um, Thin Lizzy, and, like, Metallica saw them there. Like, it was this, you know, we talk about these bands that, you know, people see and they start bands, but, like, Eddie Van Halen, 1978, after seeing them, was like, we have to follow these motherfuckers? And then uh, Gary Moore, uh, the guitarist from Thin Lizzy, said they blew us off the stage, they fucking killed us. Like, they just annihilated live yeah it's fucking acdc man but it's funny that it took so long for them to to break into the u.s like that is strange not really what's it a distribution thing they didn't get airplay they did not get airplay in the u.s and man like we're talking like i i know that like you know intercontinental travel was like a thing by then but still like 19 and the 70s like a band in australia may as well have been on the fucking moon yeah they could they hadn't toured and built up that they had built up the biggest reputation in australia but yeah not the states yeah at this point they had been opening for kiss you know doing us arena tours and then they they opened for aerosmith and then this, uh, right after that, this is the album that broke them. I mean, the States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I learned something going down. I went down a, a, a bit of an ACDC uh, Wikipedia rabbit hole, just like the, the band history. And I, I was clicking from album to album, like sequentially. And I didn't realize the of these of these early Bon Scott records, uh, like the first part of their career, the Bon Scott era, the album covers that we are familiar with, most of them are not the original album covers. There's like an Australia only original album cover. And they're so bad. They're they're just terrible. <laughs> I, I could not believe actual record labels were were releasing albums with with these goofy ass, dumbass covers. All the way up until uh, even even Highway to Hell has uh, an Australian cover, and it's based on that. It's it's based on the same image, like the shot of the band with uh, Angus sneering. Uh, he's got the devil horns coming out of his hat. But on the Australian version, which came out first, like the whole thing's got like a like a flame job, like it's a bowling shirt <laughs> on it. Like like they're literally in hell. And it just, <laughs> And that's like the coolest looking of all of the Australian album covers. The the international release just it, it's so iconic looking. And and a lot of those different album covers for the earlier ones, like like High Voltage, the album cover, it, it's got Angus. He's holding the guitar. And he's wearing a schoolboy uniform. It's got the big lightning bolt going through him. No, it was like a it, it was like a cartoon, and it was like in neon colors. <laughs> like it was, they're weird, man. Beating around the bush.
Kyle, do you have a favorite song on this album? It's probably touched too much. Yeah. I think that, that song's badass. Um, and it was a single, and I'd heard it a couple times, but I know that uh, Lang like definitely reworked that a lot. It's very poppy, like the recording it of it. Um, it sounds almost it's it's like Brian Johnson era ACDC sounding. And I, I hate to bring it into the realm of serial killers for the second time today, but you guys know the story about a uh, uh, Nightcrawler, Night right? Yeah, yeah. Tell me. I mean, the song's ridiculous. It's a fun song. At the end, he's he says uh, he's like doing Mork and Mindy quotes. He says "Nanu Nanu," Shazbot, Nanu Nanu of the elements. But uh, Richard Ramirez said that song made him kill 16 people. Who is who is dubbed the Night Stalker in 1985. Yeah, yeah it was highly publicized. Uh, and the police claimed that Ramirez was wearing an ACDC shirt and left a ACDC hat at a, one of the scenes of the crime. False. <laughs> that is not uh, oh, true. Oh, that's false? <laughs> Uh, oh man, I, I read that too. I, I assumed it was true. Ramirez did say that he was a fan of ACDC, though. Who's not though, right? I know that's <laughs> you can't. I mean, I bet the Pope bumps some ACDC, man. It's ACDC. Conservative bet- uncle. I think uh, Back in Black is the only compact disc he owns. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really like. If you want blood, you got it. I, like mm-hmm. I think that that song is such a fucking anthem. But as for songs that I didn't know when I first bought the album that surprised me, like I knew Highway to Hell. I knew If You Want Blood, uh, Beating Around the Bush, just kind of it just it hit me with a two by four when it first came on out of the blue. My first listen, that riff, which I think is kind of riffed off an old Fleetwood Mac riff. Oh, yeah. I can't sing it. Yeah. But still, it's 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 a ripping riff. And Beating Around the Bush is a really cool song. Where were you last night? Beating around the bush. Ben, can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. How long have you had this record? This one? Uh, yeah. So I've actually, I re- I was telling these guys when before we were recording, I realized today I've got the first eight internationally released ACDC albums. So I've got all six Bon Scott ones and the first two Brian Johnson ones. But Highway to Hell was one of the last ones I acquired. I've probably had this one for maybe four or five years. Okay. I was just asking because I have, I have two points. Rob, this involves you too. Um, Uh-oh. I was listening to uh, If You Want Blood and uh, you know for the podcast, and Claire came in and started singing along. I was like, cool. <laughs> I had never heard this album in its entirety. But it also reminded me of you and Claire uh, dressing up as members of ACDC. <laughs> Or uh, <laughs> uh, Echo Base, we threw our going away party. The yeah. Halloween. I remember show. that. That was fun. It was you a were, Halloween you in were, uh, uh, July or something. <laughs> Halloween in July. Yeah, it was. Uh, ooh, it was we like were Tobias Bluth, if I remember correctly. Yes, I was. <laughs> First and only time I ever shaved my back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I went as Brian Johnson, and she went as uh, Angus Young. <laughs> I think it, it was. Went as- when you were like severed from Angus Young, your <laughs> very different. Did I go as uh, Kathy Bates from Fried Green Tomatoes? <laughs> I think I did. There was a tracksuit. I recall that. Yeah, I think I was Andy Warhol. Nice. Oh, I, re- I remember that. With yeah, a turtleneck and a wig, and like 
vampire lit glass sunglasses or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of you, uh, Ben and Kyle, um, ACDC is always in my brain. Like I, I can't disassociate it from when some pumps played that strip club in uh, Milwaukee. Oh, and Ben, you're much better at telling these stories. So please. I don't want to cut you off. No, yeah, no, you... pl- no, pick it up. <laughs> I'm putting it okay, down. I'll, pick it up. Okay, I'll pick it up. So yes, we were all we were all in the same uh, punk band, Sump Pumps, and we were playing a strip club in Milwaukee called Heartbreakers. And Heartbreakers had two rooms. Uh, there was a room where the bands played, and then there was a room where it, there was like the stage with the poles with the girls. And uh, apparently, if you want the girls to dance during your set which why would you not want that that's it is it, like you're, you're playing a strip club that's kind of what you would hope you've got to you've got to go and convince them that it's worth their time to come over to the band side of the bar to dance during the set so we're over at the strip club side and we're watching the acts and uh and all the girls are dancing to to two song sets and uh this girl comes out and she dances to her first song. The DJ puts on uh, ACDC Big Balls, <laughs> which is an interesting selection for a, uh, uh, a like a strip strip tease dance. But whatever, you know, we watch it. Then that song ends, and the next song that that, that she dances to is ACDC, She's Got Balls. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if it had just been one or the other song, but like both songs in a row. So... <laughs> So after after the set, we're, we're talking to we're talking to the girl, and we're like, "Hey, uh, yeah, so uh, you're a big ACDC fan?" She's like, "Oh, what? Oh no, the DJ picks the songs." <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. like the, those, uh, like forever and always linked is is that show in in ACDC for me. That was a really fun show, though. It's kind of amazing. ACDC music does seem like a strip club staple. Oh yeah, it's got that. Oh yeah. Um, along with you know Def Leppard and some of those other hard rock uh, songs, but yeah, it seems like there's many other ACD songs that would probably uh, be easier. <laughs> uh, it, it just it was. I think it was. It was. It was a mean trick. It was. Also, I, I was thinking about ACDC this week, and are they the horniest band? <laughs> I um, think they're one of them. No. I think Foreigner is the horniest I think, band. Well, I think they launched a thousand horny ships. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think the lead singer of Foreigner saw them as a young lad and got a boner. <laughs> I really like, that's another thing I, I like about ACDC, just how, like, Bon Scott's lyrics, and to a later extent, Brian Johnson's lyrics. I don't know. They're just so brazen in their innuendos. Like they, it, it it's all it's out on display. It's yeah. yeah it, it's all out on display. What these dudes are interested in. And it's not yet historically played out too much. That's not fun to hear, I guess. I got to Yeah. Um, I had, I'm sorry, Ben. Um, no, no, please. Get it hot. I had to write down. <laughs> Going to bend you like a G string, conduct you like a choir. And then he goes, <laughs> Got a whole lot of booze. <laughs> <laughs> um, that song's 
if you look at the lyrics, he takes a weird swipe at Barry Manilow and then soul music. <laughs> He's just like, get out of here, soul. Oh, come on, guys. <laughs> So music's pretty good. Seventy-eight. Uh, ACDC are, are died in the wool rockers, though. Oh, positive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I did read in the twenty-six memoir. Murray Eaglehart reveals that Scott felt that the lyrics, like "Gone Shooting" from the preceding Power Power Age, were simply too serious. <laughs> Not not every band needs to be philosophical and talk about social issues. And, and it's okay to just be a goofy rock and roll band that wants to party and get laid. As long, yeah. like, as long as there's another side of that coin, as long as I can go listen to the other stuff when I want to, I love that there's bands out there like ACDC that I can just chug beer and blast, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I found a, a funny quote from Malcolm Young. Um, he said, when we first came to England in 1976, the record company wanted to market, the, market us as a punk band. We told them to fuck off. Like, they were really I see insane. both perspectives on that, though. Yeah. I, I could see trying to market them that way. They, they could have gone that direction with their sound. But I also see ACDC's opinion of, no, fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, but what was the what was the cover they were trying to get him to do on this record? Uh, the Spencer Davis group. Yeah, I, I can see them being pulled in all these different directions by like you know, those executives, and it's like just fucking let them rock. No, they, they are they are a fully realized concept at this point. Yeah, and they will continue to be this for at least half a decade or half half a century. You know. Yeah, yeah, they tried to get them. I think on. A couple albums from now, they come into the studio and they say, all right, you guys have to have a ballad on this album now. Like, Uh, you're required to have a ballad on this album. There's no way around it. You guys are going to have to do it. And they look at each other and they say, we don't we don't write ballads. We have no idea. Uh, uh, We don't even have a concept of what you mean by write a ballad. We just don't. That's not how we write music. And they said, we'll give it a shot and we'll come back later and listen to it. So the producer's like, I don't know. I mean, just think of other ballads that you like or, you know, loves that you like. They write some ballads that day. The execs come back the next day, listen to the ballads, and they they look at each other and say, forget it. We're not doing this. Go back to whatever you were doing before. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to hear those. <laughs> uh, apparently, in the, I, I'm sure we're going to talk about Back in Black when Back in Black is is up. But during those sessions, the label, they were thought they were done with the album. The label told them that they needed at least one mid-tempo song, slower song. And ACDC that night, what they came up with was uh, Rock and Roll Ain't Noise Pollution. And they called that a slow song. And the, the record label took it. And that's it, it might be a few ticks slower than Metronome, but that song rocks just as hard as, as the rest of that record. Yep. Yeah, I find it interesting that the there's a finite tempo that uh, ACDC stays within. There's a parameter here, and it's like a middle band of uh, it's like a mid range here of you never this fast and never this slow. It's great. I like the Ramones that way. I feel yeah, like. that's true. Although the Ramones did slow down a little bit on like uh, Pet Cemetery and We Want the Airwaves and stuff like that. Baby, I love oh. you. Uh, apparently, Malcolm or Angus has got one writing regret on this album. 
he's not too proud of Love Hungry Man, which is <laughs> yeah. queued up right now. <laughs> he, his quote was, uh, he must have... He must have written it after a night of bad pizza is the only way he can <laughs> explain it. <laughs> but I do like uh, that the ACDC writing process, which is it's just Malcolm and Angus uh, wood shopping songs until they've got a song and then they bring it to whoever their, their vocalist is as a fully realized song to write lyrics to. And that, that's just that's just how they work. And and. I, I like it. I, I like that. Malcolm and Angus have, I don't know. I've got a musical aesthetic, I guess, and and Malcolm and Angus are dialed into to what I want to hear. Malcolm, R.I.P. We lost him a year or two ago. Yep. Yeah. Uh, someone once asked Malcolm why he didn't pursue being the the lead uh, guitarist, and he said uh, <laughs> uh, he gave up a lead guitar to uh, in favor of drinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Angus have it. I heard. So awesome. I, I heard a similar quote. Uh, it was someone, some interviewing, asking Malcolm like why he was content playing rhythm, why he wouldn't want to play more leads and solos, and he just kind of like, what, what the fuck would I want to do something like that for? Was was his, <laughs> <laughs> was <Yeah>. his take? <laughs> Yeah, I read a, an interview of Angus Young. He gets Highway to Hell, just the album title, made everybody in the U.S. like panic. And you've got the that cover, Ben, that you showed with uh, the devil horns. <laughs> and he said, uh, the American record company immediately went into a panic with religious things. I thought everywhere was like Australia. There they call them Bible thumpers. And it's a limited, <laughs> very limited. Christianity was never a popular movement. It's that convict background. <laughs> convict. Gotta love so it. Awesome. Yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> What's wrong with you, America? Like, <laughs> talking about, we're having a laugh. So I guess, so Malcolm is the older brother. Uh, Angus uh, is, his, is his younger brother. And when ACDC was first forming in the, in the early 70s, Angus was still in school. And he would have to hurry after school, right after the bell rang, rush to, to rehearsal. And he would still be wearing a school uniform when he got to band practice. And that's why he has that. That's why he has that that school uniform look on. A, I think he still has it to this day. He still wears the yeah. school uniform. Yeah. Yes, he does. Yeah, he tried to I switch it was... up a couple times, but I think he just came back to it. <laughs> it's very iconic. It's iconic. and he, And he rocks the look. I fucking love ACDC, guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. ACDC is amazing. Still, so, need to, uh, still wish they would have played the Super Bowl, right? The, it's like the only band. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I never understood. You've got, you need entertainment for a football crowd. How do you not get ACDC for 30 years? 
<laughs> it's true. You know, like... <laughs> Uh, since the pandemic started about a month into it, like in um, April, I had a, a CD stuck in my Jeep that I can't eject. Um, and I can't use the, the aux in. That CD is the last action hero. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> and the first track is Big Gun by ACDC. Yeah. I've heard 478 times since <laughs> the pandemic has started. And it's a great song. <laughs> Big gun gonna kick the hell out of you, Kyle. Oh my god. Rock. This <laughs> album <laughs> was number 17 on the US Billboard charts. That's a good showing for an Australian rock band. Hell yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we've already mentioned uh yeah, Bon Scott dies just a few months later. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. right after Death by and, Misadventure. Yep. Is what it was called. Ain. True to form, right? Yeah. Uh, they they sort of thought it was a pulmonary uh, like uh, asphyxiation due to uh, like alcohol. Um, some people thought it was sort of heroin, but um, it was a uh, it was certified as alcohol poisoning in the back of a car. So yeah, it was that's pretty traumatic. I it read too that they weren't sure they were really going to go on but that his uh bon scott's family said that you know they, they would have wanted the band to continue because they were just getting just getting some uh money and putting things together so um mm-hmm. yeah obviously they come back with the swinging yeah. yeah uh before they before they got brian johnson i know that they approached uh naughty header of slade which would have been cool, but uh, Naughty Header, uh, he turned him down. He's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm in Slade, oh, which, which fair, fair point. You know? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, and I, man, I think I love Bon Scott. Yeah. I, love, I love everything about Bon Scott and his delivery and his vocalizations and, and how he uses his not pretty voice to be just like an iconic voice of rock and roll. And I his think that Bon Scott so good on this record. Yeah. I think I think that Bon Scott is irreplaceable. But I think that if anyone can replace him, Brian Johnson was I, I, I think that ACDC had a very good I don't know what brought what made their paths cross, but I'm I'm glad it did because I've got no problems with Brian Johnson era ACDC. I'll tell you what uh, made him cross is that uh, uh, Bon Scott said that he thought that uh, he was the best vocalist around. He thought Bon Brian, Scott thought Brian oh, Johnson was yes. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. And that is one of the reasons that they approached him is because uh, Bon Scott said. You know he's one of he's one of the best around. So if you know he basically praised him, and and that kind of led to uh, Ryan Johnson uh, getting a after after trying out got a uh, hooked up with the band. What I what I really love about this band's history is that Brian Johnson is not trying to do a Bon Scott impression. Because it'd be lame if he was, but both of these frontmen's, both of their performances, fit so well with the sound of that band. 
you know, like you don't, he Brian Johnson didn't need to imitate Bon Scott. He just also had his own personality that that just also fits that like that that piece that that band needs, you know. And I think that's cool. It's two very distinct eras of the band, and they're both very good. I mean, we've all seen the the movie Rockstar, right? With is that is that the the Mark Wahlberg one? Mark Wahlberg, Jennifer Aniston. I thought that was a uh, Judas Priest related. I'm bluffing. I've never seen it. You son of a bitch! She called me out. Oh, I hate <laughs> you so much. That's your favorite movie. Oh, no. <laughs> he got me. <laughs> Rob. What up? What do you think about this record? I fucking love this record, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the only thing that I have on uh, on this is uh, I wrote down spaced out for the entirety of these two songs. And that was uh, beating around the bush and get it hot. And now what? I've. Now I listen to it and yeah, it's fine. It's fine. There's not, there's not a bad song on this record. Oh, this record it's awesome. is fucking fantastic. It's awesome. It's really, really fucking good. I love great. it. It's uh-huh. really good. You know, I never heard it. And my, my third listen, I don't want to sound like I'm 41 years old, but I usually drive around listening to NPR. I put on this record. My God. I and drove five miles per hour faster. I love it. <laughs> typical, <laughs> typical liberal teacher living in a college town. How did this Bro, go over with your students? <laughs> Excuse me? How did this go oh, over yeah. did, did, when you, did you played play this it? in your class? Everybody loves AC. Everybody loves ACDC except assholes. I guess so. <laughs> it's true. It's hard to... If you like rock and roll, I mean, ACDC really exemplify rock and roll to a T. They well, are rock and roll. People talk shit about this band because they're formulaic, but it's like all music is a formula. <laughs> they have a very good formula. People are still, like you said, Ben, people are still drinking Coke. It's not like they're like, give me a different formula for Coke. Yeah, they're they're like, formulaic, but they're like Heinz ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's great. This is an awesome album. Um, I don't even think I need to ask if everybody's positive. We'll just confirm everybody's positive for this one. ACDC oh, yeah. rules. Hey, for the record, I'll also be positive on Back in Black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically we'll every ACDC well, well, album. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 I'm sure getting into the 90s and, 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 and the last two decades, because they're still releasing several albums a decade. I cannot vouch for all of those. But, oh yeah, through, through mid-80s, you yeah, set your compass to this. Well, I mean, Razor's Edge, not the best record, but it does have my favorite ACDC song on it. Is that Thunderstruck on that one? Yeah, that's yeah. 1990. That's 90. Oh 1990, shit, 90 man. Yeah, and then that uh that 1992 live record, which is what introduced me to him. Oh, dude, that is yeah. just uh, fucking. You cannot stop with 92 yeah. ACDC live. Mm-mm. Is it better than um, 78 ACDC Live? It's bigger. Yeah. It the sounds bigger. Better, is what you're saying? Yeah, better recording. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, I think that does help them. The, the, the bigness of the sound. That's really what they cracked, I think, also with this album. Is it, it, ha- it sounds so big. 
It sounds so clean, so big, and sounds perfect. I mean, for what they're doing. I think the lesson is don't let your um, relatives produce your records. Hey, oh, he did hey those job. records are good. <laughs> I like those records. He my, just not, he's not Mutt Lang. And Mutt we trust, man. He's he's the fucking trust. he's the fucking man. A man. My favorite ACDC album is is High Voltage. And, and that's uh that's George Young. All right, next time we'll be talking about Sister Sledge. We are family. All right, thanks, y'all.